When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back with another podcast, this time featuring Cam Williams. We talk about Australian tennis, the Battle of the Brits, the upcoming US Open and everything tennis. Make sure you like, comment and subscribe if you enjoy the video. What we want to ask Cam Williams, the man on YouTube, is... How is how did you get into this? Like, what is what was your inspiration to start a YouTube channel? And sort of, obviously, you've obviously loved tennis. You like watching it and stuff. But what made you sort of like report on tennis? Uh, I kind of had the idea in about 2017. I'm, I've got the app on my phone. I'm looking at scores every day, and I'm thinking nobody's really doing a week to week, you know, breakdown of all the matches and that sort of thing. I've been playing tennis since I was 10. Uh, you know, lived in the UK went to Wimbledon in the Australian Open as many times as I can remember. And just, I just thought, well, why not? Let's just give it a crack. And, uh, you know, started watching Shanghai 2018, doing some, the first videos on my channel. It's, it's not great, but uh, it's worth having a look. And uh, yeah, just kind of sitting there watching some matches. I thought, well, I'm watching them anyway. So someone else must be watching them as well. and want to have a chat. And here we are now. Well, it's worked out perfectly for you. It seems to be a big success. We've got Tennis Talk with Cam Williams. It's doing up numbers. You're getting 10K subscribers now. We yeah. often watch your videos. We always find it quite interesting to keep up with the news because you're always on the on the point. News will break and then you know Cam Williams is going to be there with the story. So <laughs> Definitely. brilliant what you're doing. Keep up the good work. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Uh, what made you... Uh, well, obviously, you were just saying like about the... what like You do these like live watch-alongs and... Mm-hmm. Do you think this was just come from like your obviously you're like a very passionate guy? We're watching you on your channel and like you really get into the points and you really like yeah. give like a really good like commentary, running commentary of all the matches and stuff. And I've noticed like you have like thousands of people interacting with you on there. Like, what's what was that like when you've like started interacting with this many people during matches? Yeah, like it was the first. Well, I first kind of got into no one was doing it in the tennis space, there's people doing it in the football, uh, basketball, and I watch a lot of them. Uh, True Geordie's someone I watch, uh, the guy from the UK, if if you don't know. Uh, And he does his kind of watch-alongs as well uh, for the football and for UFC, stuff like that. And uh, I thought, well, no one's doing it for tennis, and I'm I'm watching the tennis anyway. So (laughs) it started that way, and then it's kind of just evolved. I had, I think, five people maybe in the first, you know, in the first chat. And yeah. uh, it's kind of going back and forth. And then now it's uh, like I, I have to turn the chat off because it gets a little daunting. If you, <laughs> you know there's 100 people watching, you're just kind of like, okay, you gotta, you got to make sure you're calling the points right. Otherwise, they'll it's get weird because you're, in essence, you're on your own, but you're not. <laughs> you're just yeah, there on that, your own, I think but you're not. Yeah, well, I, I, if I had to do this in front of 1,000 people, like sometimes we get on the channel, um, I, I don't think I'd be the same. <laughs> I think it would be a little bit more shocking. but. Uh, but being in front of a camera, it feels like I'm just by myself talking yeah, and then yeah. the chat's moving up and down and it kind of just, 
yeah, just kind of, and they, and, and it's more for the people that don't have access to the match, you know, or some people that do, and they want to, you know, they want to have a chat because nobody in their family or nobody out of their friends is a tennis fan. And yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say like me personally, like, I don't have a lot of my friends really are really into tennis. So it's like, for me, this is a really good escapism to sort of come on the channel and talk to people. I like-minded people yeah. who like tennis and uh, bringing back to the point you just made. If I was to be on a stage doing it in front of <laughs> say a thousand people who watch our videos, I think I'd crumble. I'd walk off. <laughs> yeah. So it just, yeah, it's uh, brilliant that we're able to use media now to sort of get our message across without all the pressures of really feeling like you're doing it for other people. Uh, yeah, well, that's it. And, yeah. and I think we're starting to see, um, like I watch Tennis Channel, you know, obviously as one of the best news sources to get stuff from. Um, and now that we're all kind of in, you know, inside, uh, you know, it's kind of, we've kind of, channels like ours have already done, you know, the hard work of, you know, starting up, you know, Zoom calls and stuff like that, whereas they're all starting to learn all those big, you know, TV yeah. networks. So it's, you know, we're, we're sort of using the new media the way, you know, our generation know how to use it too. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to like just sort of ask a bit of a weird one. Uh, I know that obviously you've got all these like thousands of people that are obviously chatting throughout matches. Yeah. Are there many trolls on there? Are you getting a lot of stick from people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, not so much now. You know, you kind of learn um, like the first few, well, probably for the first six months, you get people coming in. They ask, you know, where's the match? And sometimes they add some words in there, but it, you kind of <laughs> you block out those words. It's sort of like if you get comments on a video, you know, there's going to be yeah, comments yeah. that slip through the cracks and, and people. Now it's sort of, I've, I've built this you know, community to a point where I don't need to defend the channel. People do it for me. So it's, it's nice that, um, you know, someone comes in and goes, where's the match? And, and five people go, this isn't here. <laughs> you know, it's not here. So, uh, but at the start it was, uh, it, it's, you got, you got to have some thick skin especially on YouTube. <laughs> no, honestly, brilliant work. We love watching it. And I'm sure there's loads of people out there who love watching it as well. So we're going to just leave your link in the description for any guys listening cool. to this now. Make sure you go subscribe to him. He's got brilliant content and I'm sure you're going to be entertained. But um, what we yeah. actually want to talk about is something else really with you. And it is right. Australian tennis. I think yeah. it's a topic we could probably have a whole podcast on. <laughs> there's so much to talk about with that. There's so many players coming up. And it's just an exciting time, really, for Australian tennis. What's your views on all this? Yeah, I mean, I grew up through Leighton Hewitt. So we had him for like, well, we had Philippousis, but he was on and off from the yeah, 2000s yeah. onwards, basically. And then we just had Hewitt. We had uh, Bernard Tomic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> controversial. Uh, there, he, was, <laughs> he showed up, you know, he played a couple of good tournaments. Um, and then now we've got, yeah, we've got, it seems like a lot of, and obviously on the women's as well, we've got the best player yeah. in the world. So oh, yeah, exactly. uh, it's, it's nice. It's nice to have, uh, have Kyrgios. Well, you've got Diminor at the, at the front, Kyrgios yeah. as the, as the talent. And then you've got just basically a bunch of hard workers behind, you know, Milman, Thompson, Kokonakis when he's healthy. Uh, those Duck, kind of guys. Are another great Sorry? player. James Duckworth, another great Duckworth, player. Yep. 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 Matt Ebden when he's, uh, you know, when he's getting matches together. Uh, and then the women's, you've got, you know, Ash at the top. So, uh, yeah, it's it's nice to actually have the Australian Open be, okay, we've got some players that actually can go into the fourth round and maybe even win the whole thing like Ash almost did this year. But, uh, yeah, it was – I remember for a few years there, it was Leighton or, or nobody. I mean, Sam Stoza, she kind of – she won, uh, won along the way. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's nice to actually have, you know, three or four players to to look forward to after the first round 
rather than it just being one player through and, and hopefully, you know, because there's a lot of pressure on Aussies, obviously. We, we host a slam, so we yep. expect a lot from our sportsmen and, uh, and women and, you know, uh, tennis is no different. We feel the same way. Well, we obviously have the same yeah. pressure that we put on all of our players. We had Andy Murray probably had the biggest pressure out of anybody. Who's, everyone was expecting that Grand Slam from him at some I point. Think it, ben, to be honest, there wasn't really anyone else. No, we had, the, like, all our tyres kind of pinned on him. Because well, there's Hemman, a few others around. before, and he was only a yeah. semi-finalist. But Gruzetsky, I think he got to one final in the US. Uh, yeah. But that was it. I think like, Rafa might have beaten him, actually. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And... This is what I mean. Like we haven't really had anybody else to hang out. And now Murray's obviously been injured for a while. We've our best hope at the moment is probably Evans, Dan Evans, or oh, Kyle, Kyle Edmund. Kyle Edmunds, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're both we really good Joe players. Conta on, on the women too. I mean, she, I think she's Conta, yeah, she. I, she's an Aussie though, isn't she? I know, that's what I mean. But we have these players, obviously Cam Norrie, he's New Zealand as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're yeah. sort of trying to drag players in because we don't have any homegrown talent. Of it. If it, we had Bedeni, didn't we? Bedeni was yeah. British for a bit and then he switched. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, anyway, yeah. so it's not really, I don't know, but for, uh, on the Australian tennis, these are Australians to the oh. bone. They're brilliant players as well. Like for me, yeah. you mentioned the first name was Alex Dimonov and he's someone who we are extremely excited but we love watching him he's an incredible talent Amazing. like winding back now to the beginning of the year in the ATP Cup like the game he had against I think it was Rafa Nadal was yeah. just incredible incredible match I think he yeah. lost the game but it was just su- such a good match like it just all a blur now to believe <laughs> that we had tennis in 2020 like it seems like yeah. ages ago but, yeah but incredible. yeah he yeah that match and I've got to be honest, I, I watched him the year before. He played Rafa at the Open, I think, last year. And he uh, got demolished, you know. He just didn't have weapons, wasn't strong enough. You know, he's, he's a very, he's a Leighton Hewitt type. You know, he's got the, the build. He's the shorter player on tour at around six foot, uh, which is crazy to say now. But, uh, and, you know, skinny, doesn't have many weapons, just gets everything back. And watching him against Rafa, Rafa was the first time around, just there's nothing he could do. So I kind of didn't give him much hope because it's a year on. He hasn't really bulked up. He doesn't have a weapon. But to push Rafa, I think, into a third uh, was ridiculous. And, yeah. and I think also last year at the US Open, he played really well as well, beating Nishikori, lost to Dimitrov. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's – and he is the archetype Australian, you know, if you go through yeah. the list, Hewitt being the last one, uh, you know, Rafter, those kind of guys. Even Pat Cash back in the 80s, the yeah. Aussie battler. And he fits that mold because he's, you know, he's always the underdog. He's not the tallest guy on tour. He's not the strongest guy, but he can win some matches, which is uh, some matches you don't think he will win. I think the way he progressed through 2019 was just remarkable, really, because me and Ben, we was at Wimbledon back in, like, July, is it? And yeah. we was behind the match where he was watch, playing against uh, Steve, Johnson. His name? Steven, Steve Johnson. Yeah, He yeah. lost that match in five sets, but it was quite close and he was he was there but there was just there was a, a bit missing from his game and it just seemed from then onwards he sort of picked his game up and we just saw another Alex Dimonor like another level to him he then obviously competed in the next gen tournament um, I thought it was that, incredible in I that, just thought so that, just, his, that ATP Cup though I just thought it just seemed like suddenly he had like gained this confidence for going for a lot more stuff and that was like evident in that tournament he just was literally hitting people off the court which i hadn't seen him done before, like doing before this year yeah and that must i think have it helps something. you got kyrgios there being a hot man for you <laughs> yeah definitely. yeah yeah and when kyrgios is in a team that's when he plays his best so you know you're going yeah. to get a supporting role i mean davis cup was the same end of last year uh the aussies did 
you know, better than expected. I think Leighton is the coach as well. That makes a massive difference. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, Diminol, massive, really impressive. He was injured through the clay season, which is kind of where you'd expect him to thrive. But, um, yeah, came out, I think, won Atlanta, did well the U.S. Open, finished the year strong. Uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely one to watch. It'll be interesting to see how much he can push that potential and that kind of limited game style. He doesn't really have the weapons, but if he goes for it like, like he was at the ATB Cup and he continues that you know, aggressive, ma- uh, aggressive match play, he should, uh, he should be able to you know, roll some heads. And it'll be interesting against those other next-gen guys, City Pass, Zverev, the guys who have already you know, kind of made it up to that top, that top 10. as well. And Sinner as well, yeah. Sinner's yeah. one that uh, people on my channel keep on raving about. Obviously, won the whole next gen tournament. Yeah, yeah, crazy um, yeah. good. It'll be eighteen. I, yeah, he's eighteen. Yeah, I love it when uh, the, my favorite matchup is Dimonor Shapovalov because I love Shapo. I think Shapo <laughs> is awesome. And uh, and when they play, it always seems to be a you know a three setter, and I just can't wait to see them play in a major. They'll play in a major quarterfinal, semifinal in the next ten years easily. Oh, for sure. Oh, I'm a big fan of him as well. To be fair, like me and Ben, what was it, in the Australian Open, we always had, we had to pick a, our main pick who we think is going to win and like an outsider tip. And for me, he was my outsider tip. He's the guy I thought had a chance to potentially win it. Like, I just think okay. he's incredible. He went out first round, so it just proves how much <laughs> I know. <but laughs> I was disappointed uh, as well because he played so well at the ATP Cup. He pushed Djokovic, you know, he was doing so well for Canada and then, uh, and then he just kind of disappeared. And I think he has... Yeah, he has those like such huge weapons that if is that if the serve isn't firing or the backhand's not firing, then you sort of get a little bit exposed. I think, but I yeah. think once he's he's still so young anyway, like it's just crazy that we think of him in this such high regard already, and he's what twenty yeah. or something like that. And so yeah. think of like if he improves all the rest of his game and if he's got a good better defensive game in the future, I think he's definitely one to watch. It's his backhand, yeah. isn't it? Which is so remarkable, and his flair. <laughs> <laughs> and it's lefty. I think the left-handed, because it just looks, it looks so good, different. It? One-handed yeah, left-handed. Yeah. I mean, Lopez is the only guy I can think of off the top of my head that has that. Mm. Yeah. But it's even better than that. It's just kind of this, when he does the jumping one-handed backhand, I mean, oh, just, yeah. I've tried that. I can't do that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I saw a story. I can't remember exactly what was happening, but his coach was saying something about this uh, jumping backhand he does. It's a very unique shot. And he was like, I don't want to take this out of your game. I think this is unique to you. You should keep go- going for it. And, mate, yeah. it's, it's working for him, so keep going. Yeah. And it's, a lot, it's brilliant <laughs> for the spectators. We were all talking about player promotion and stuff like that. What's better than showing that you're, how unique you are on the court and what you're able to do better than that? Like, that's amazing. I think it's a really good asset to have, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah I definitely. think this is something which... Uh, Similar, but not exactly the same. Kyrgios, obviously, he has all of his trick shots that he comes. He often does like a, I don't know if it's like a fake shot. He'll go for one of those jump and just do like a little drop shots and stuff. But that's why I love watching him. He just think he you just never know what shots coming. And I love the fact yeah. he incorporates slice like slice forehands. I like I'm not enough players use this for my liking. I'm not. I'm a big proponent of this when I play tennis. Is I like to mix up the like shots as much as possible and slice. I don't think gets used enough. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I don't. I just think that with Kyrgios, he's such a he's so polarizing. I mean, Australians because we got Diminor. A lot of people are going, well, Kyrgios isn't Diminor, and Kyrgios is too wild. He's not representing the country properly. All that kind of thing. I I completely disagree. I love Kyrgios. I think he's awesome. Uh, great for the game. He's entertaining. He packs stadiums out. I mean. When he played Washington last last year, he went on won the whole thing. I mean, 
packed every night. He was, I think he was on the night matches every single night and he wasn't even in the top 10. I mean, that's, <laughs> you just, I don't think the ATP are using him properly. I think they're, they're condemning him because he's, you know, a bad boy, but he's, he's just got every shot in the book. Maybe not the kind of guy that you want to, as a coach, you want to tell people, you know, your um, students to play like, because he's so unpredictable, but um, yeah, he, he's just, he's such a, he's so good for the game and uh, I just don't think they're using him properly. Yeah, I agree totally. Yeah, I completely agree. Some with that much ability, isn't it? Like you just, it's yeah. just every other player I think on tour would probably agree that he is the one that could challenge the top three if he was like as dedicated as them. Like well, no he's doubt. never, he's never lost to Djokovic. He's undefeated. Yeah, yeah that's, exactly. That's, that's the big start. Uh, he always well, him takes and Rafa, a set. That's one of the. Well, yeah, always yeah, takes yeah, that's a set it. Off Rafa. Always. Yeah. It's like crazy. And that's one of the best. That's one of the best rivalries. Like. Because of the, the spice, I think, you know, Wimbledon last year, uh, it was a big build-up because there was that, you know, Acapulco last year where they had that, you know, that little bit of a disagreement. And then Wimbledon was just, I don't know what the, I'm assuming. I think when he slammed it into him at the net, that was just the, that <laughs> finished it all. Yep. He just, and, you know, I'm, I'm a Rafa fan. I like Rafa. But uh, I just love seeing someone raff, ruffle the feathers and not really give the respect to the Djokovic's and the Nadal's. Everyone seems to play those guys you know, in awe of them, Kyrgios just throws out the window. He doesn't care. He goes, you know, I don't care who you are. I'm going to win and I'm going to, you know, do everything I can. He played yeah. a little bit safe against Rafa, I think, at the Australian Open. He kind of was, I was watching that and he was playing sort of a defensive kind of like top spinny game. And I don't know why he didn't go for his shots, but uh, almost won anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kyrgios against against the goats, it's uh, <laughs> it's always fun to watch. Yeah, that oh, for sure. But talking about the slams, obviously we've got the US yeah. Open now coming up next. That's the big one. There's a lot of problem. Like you was talking now, like uh, I don't know if it was off air. You was talking about how toilet rolls now in Australia, they, people can't get them. There's fears now of a second wave. We're going yep. through a bit of a tricky time. Like it's a bit of uncertainty. We obviously had all the stuff with the Adria Tour as well. Players testing positive. It sort of put the whole US Open under a bit of a cloud. And we're not sure. We always talk about, we're not sure. Do you even think the US Open is going to still go ahead? I think it will. Uh, I think, well, the Adria Tour, I mean, you guys covered it as, you know, as quickly as I did. We were both we're all on it really, really quickly. Yeah. I think every other channel was as well. Such a massive thing. Um, the best player in our sport, you know, contracting it. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not great. To, it's not a great look. No. But... Um, I think because the Adria Tour was so far from what, you know, every other tournament are doing, I mean, you know, you have, uh, you've got the UTS going on in France, the Ultimate Tennis Showdown, they're doing everything by the book. You've got tournaments starting up in America. I think there's one starting in Berlin in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And uh, I think because the Adria the Tour had... Yeah, yeah battle of the Brits on right now. And that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, Andy played really well against uh, Edmund, by the way. It was a good, uh, good match. Um, but yeah, I think because the Adria Tour was so, there was no restrictions. I mean, you've got the full crowds, everyone's hugging and kissing and high-fiving and, and, you know, and no surprise, everyone got sick. So I think if a tournament like the Battle of the Brits and something happened there, I think that would make a little bit more sense that the US Open would be in jeopardy because the US Open are going to, they're going to do everything they can to avoid people, you know, even walking past each other. So I don't think it's in jeopardy yet. I think if one of these tournaments in the, the one, one of the tournaments that actually is played uh, correctly with all the restrictions, if that ha- something happens to one of those, then we can say U S opens under a cloud. But I think right now, I mean, the Adria tour was a one-off. Uh, 
um, in terms of, you know, ignoring the rules of the world, which, you know, I got a lot of flack for that on my videos before all this went down. Um, it's saying that, you know, they, they, that uh, it's, it, Serbia was in a better place than in other countries, but I think, uh, I think, this yeah. This virus is not discriminated at all. It's just, it's an invisible uh, thing that's flying around. No one, we don't know. It's just, uh, it seems to be catching, going everywhere. Well, really, yeah, I mean, your, uh, the yeah. PM of the UK got it before, you yeah. know, he got it before everybody. And he was kind of, you know, he started, I remember watching a little bit of him starting off, you know, uh, saying, oh, I'm going to hug and kiss everybody as normal. And then, you know, look what happened. And now mm-hmm. everyone's kind of taking a step back and going, all right, let's not do that. He, he was joking around saying, I'm going to go to the COVID wards and shake everyone's hand. <laughs> so ridiculous. It's, yeah. And I, it's kind of like what the Adria Tour did as well. They went, oh, we're not, we're not afraid of this. And then now, now the takes one. players. Yeah. Just takes so one. So I'm assuming that that rules Djokovic out of the US Open, right? Uh, I'm not sure what the what the go is with that because I know that the players uh, like uh, Vekic, um, team, all those kind of players, uh, Choric, who also who actually got it as well, they all you know they have like a 14 day period. So I'm not sure if after 14 days, if Djokovic is all good, he can mm. do whatever he wants again. But, um, I mean, yeah, I, I... I think there's a lot of uncertainty. We're not sure. There's someone in our comments, Ben, saying something, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah someone we... in our comments was saying that they actually had the virus and then two months later, it, well, it took two months for it to get out of their system. So Jeez, if that okay. was the case, then it would take us pretty much slack bang right before when the tournament starts. We don't know anybody who, who has, has been sick and got it, so I don't know how what the process of any recovery is. Um, but, like, you know, doesn't matter if you don't have symptoms, Djokovic proved that, you know. So Yeah. Yeah, um, I think I think Ty knew all the stuff we've just spoke about really. A brilliant sort of question to ask you would be we can obviously see the Australian tennis is on the up. We've got the US Open coming up. Two of the big three well, one of the big three is definitely not there. Mm-hmm. Is this a good chance for one of them maybe to sneak it and win a, a win a win a grand slam? Yeah, well the thing with the Aussies is that we live so far away that yeah. um I know Kyrgios has had his questions. I think Barty's on the fence uh, because if you have to go over there, you'd have to leave two weeks before to self-isolate. So it's going to be tough. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure the players below the top 50, they're going to have to do it out of you know necessity. It's their job. Uh, I know Dylan Orcott during the week, I don't know if you guys have heard it, but yeah. he's um, he was advocating to get the wheelchair tennis back. Yes. And I think it just yes. has just come back. Yep. Yeah, it has um, come, yeah. Yeah, so he obviously... You know, he's going to go play. He's the you know the best wheelchair player at the moment, and has been for the last few years. So he's going over, I guess. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. Kyrgios is up in the air about it. Uh, Dimonor, I'm not sure. He's playing some clay court events over in. He was playing one in Spain a few weeks ago. So he seems like he's kind of focusing more on the European side of things, being the, the clay season that's going to happen for yeah. uh, after the US Open. But yeah, I mean, I personally think if you know Federer is not going to be there. Djokovic, well, we don't know now. Nadal's always kind of all been like, I'm just going to, you know, ride a jet ski over in my, you know, on my island and then I'll figure it out. But, um, I mean, it's, it's a great opportunity, not just for the Aussies, but for anybody really. I mean, you take the big three out of a, a slam and you go, well, who's going to get there? Is it going to be Medvedev? Pass? will he step up? Will teams, yeah. you know, do what he, what I think most people think he, he will do eventually? Uh, Zverev, I mean... The, the Australian Open, he got to the semi-finals. I didn't expect that after his Labor Cup performance. So it could be anybody, or it could be somebody outside the top twenty, and we get some random champion uh, because there's, you know, it opens the gates for all the players that, you know, 
the top three don't have to play. Well, obviously, Federer is not playing, but top three don't have to play. They don't have to prove anything, but yeah. this is do, one. You know, they could make something. This is one Cal Monfils oh. winner or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But this that's one thing that I'm actually like was actually really excited about because this could be our first look into life after the big three. This could now set the precedent, and it could give somebody else the confidence to go on and win more if they were to win this one. You just don't know. Like yeah. and this could be like you could see a semi final of maybe like a Zverev, Chapeau, Dimonor, like people like this in the semi finals, and then you'll be thinking like one of these is going to get it now. And we're going to start a new era of tennis. So it could be really, really exciting. And I'm looking forward to life after them as well. I thought this could be yeah. a good insight into it. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I, was, I wasn't supporting team in the final because obviously I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to be unbiased. But I want a new champion. I, you know, I've, I've basically grown up with the big three. You know, it's been, yeah. I've, I've had, they've been around. And probably for most young fans, you know, it's, that's all we know. We all know that these three guys win everything. And we've had Stan win a couple, Andy's won a couple, uh, you know, you got uh, Chilich and then Del Potro all the way back, you know, yep. in the uh, in 2009. Yeah. Besides that, it's just been these big three. So I just I just want a new champion. And then yeah, like you like you said, you know, it might give someone even if they you know do get an easier road because you got to you don't have to play you know one of the best players of all time to win it. You can uh, you just have the confidence of going oh well I'm I'm now a Grand Slam champion like you so I can beat you again you know on this on the biggest stage yeah you know I can beat you so we'll have to wait and see though because uh, <laughs> for some reason when these tournaments open up the best players seem to fall away especially when the big three you know uh, especially when the big three lose early on in tournaments which is very rare but when it does happen the players seem to just fall off because they know this is our chance and they all just kind of freak out a little it bit. It becomes a little more like, nervous for sure. Nervous. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. But, so like, I find it, I think it's going to be really interesting to know what happens with, because the US Open and French Open now are in such close, close proximity, are people going to be, like, picking one or the other? Are you able to play in both? Like, if you get to the final of the of the US Open, you're not got that long until you all of a sudden going on clay and playing a French Open. It just seems bizarre. Yeah, well, that's and Rafa Nadal, as we know, what he's defending, defending points. points. One both. <laughs> I mean, he's got something like 5,000 points to defend over the seven weeks. I mean, he he got stuffed with the, with all those, you know, I think, and I'm going to probably do a video on this. uh, I think Raf is going to make the choice of the clay. I I think he'll throw the U S open in uh, if he has to, you know, if it's, if it doesn't get any better, if, you know, uh, if if the situation doesn't get better, Uh, Djokovic, I mean, he's, he's a massive question mark, but yeah, I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Team seems to be the guy who's going to play both. He's the only oh, one because sure. he's played. Yeah. He went from uh, he was playing tournament in uh, in Austria, going clay court event. Then he went over to Adria Tour, won that one. Then he played between the UTS and the Adria Tour. He went back to Austria, played a couple of matches. He's gone over to the hard courts now, so he's obviously going to play everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, City Pass. He, he's young, so he'll probably do both. Uh, Zverev. I'm not sure what he's going to do. You'd think that he'd probably do the U.S. Open and didn't look in very good form when he came back, though, did he? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that uh, those double faults were. <laughs> were <not good. laughs> um, but and then Medvedev, who, where's he at the moment? I don't know where he is. Yeah, exactly. He's got, a, he's got a ridiculous amount of ability. He's more than capable of playing the U.S. Open, winning it, and then coming to the French and doing well as well. So we'll, we'll yeah, see what happens. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting times. To be fair, there's a lot to cover in tennis. 
we're in, um, in unprecedented times, and it's just yeah. Andy Murray just might make a comeback, era. mate. You might see Andy Murray at US Open, mate. <laughs> He, could, he might. I mean, he he could sneak through. He's got the experience. I mean, I, I I would back him if he was playing against you know a city pass in the fourth round. You know, if Andy's healthy, he's got the experience. To, he knows how to do it. I need to see more than what we did against Edmund though the other day because the first set it was good. It was like it was sort of back on court. But then you see that obviously the fitness probably isn't quite there yet, and Edmund sort of yeah. powered him off the court in the tiebreak a little bit. Bit sad to see, but I think good signs hopefully you can just play a few more matches over the next couple of months and we might see a wild card in there and the us yeah. open that would and then, but no fans i mean how's that going to affect people uh, oh, you know, yeah exactly that. yeah that's Especially a brilliant point you make about no fans i'm actually quite i'm not really in favor of these tournaments going ahead without fans like i've me and him we have a lot of differences of opinions on it and he sort of wants it to go ahead regardless everyone's in the same boat but for me, it's just like, it's always going to, these slams are always going to be like an asterisk sort of grand slam. I don't feel like they're ever going to be compared to all the other slams in history because it's under these different situations and circumstances. And winning a big point, you go through to a final, or there's no crap, there's no crowd, there's no noise. It's just, it just seems like it's very, it's just sad. It's really sad to see. And I understand that we need to do it, to sort of get the sport moving again. We need money to get, to be pumped back in. These players' livelihoods, they rely on it. However, like there's a lot of there's a lot of pros and cons. It's, I can understand people's like both sides of the of the argument, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, there's there's sports in Australia that are happening, uh, just restarting them. They've got you know the the press the crowd button. You know, yeah. so it feels like the stadium's full. But you're celebrating with teammates, so it is different when you're playing an individual sport. I mean, you know, UFC. I've been watching that uh, the yeah. last couple of weeks. But you've got your corner right next to you. So if you win the fight, your corner jump the fence. So there's no you know. With tennis, you win the match. You basically got to wait, you know, twenty minutes before you can go back to the locker room and you can see your friends and family. So, yeah, it's going to be weird. I mean, the UTS are probably doing it the way that maybe it's going to look. Uh, you know, they're doing it with the the artificial crowd. I think they've got some ambient noise going on as as well. And then they've got the you know the supporters or the the coaching panel basically right next to them, yeah, um, yep. within you know shouting distance. So. I think that's probably what it will look like, but it's going to be it's going to be weird. It is going to be weird. I just think a French Open when Rafa Nadal hits a big winner across up the line, and there's no roar from the crowd. I just think that's going to be a sad sight to see. Yeah, and that French crowd are crazy. I mean, that the French yeah, yeah. crowd are are you know if, especially if a Frenchman's playing. Oh yeah. And then if if Monfils or Stonger yeah. or even Gasquet, if they're playing against Rafa and there's no crowd, it's it's Rafa's favor again. You know, so. The crowd is not going to be able to impact matches like they usually do, and same with the US. I mean, they're they're just as loud. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how the locals do in front of no crowd when they're used yeah. to having a stadium. I thought something quite interesting as well that we've obviously had in this battle of the Brits is all of the line calls are being done via Hawkeye, and they're all being obviously all the outs or all the anything faults things like that. Do you think that we're going to see maybe if if this goes ahead with like some bigger tournaments, are we going to see like less line judges? Is there going to be more computerized well line calls? Technology, yeah, technology yeah. in tennis is that going to come in? Would it spoil it? I don't know. We've seen it in football with VAR. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I think the next gen have been doing that. Their, their tournament's been doing that for the last couple of years. They do the the automatic line calls by Hawkeye. Um, I, I don't really, I haven't watched it too much because it's in the fast four format, but I mean, 
Yeah, I, I think the US Open have confirmed they're going to be doing using less line people, uh, less ball kids, of course. The less people, the better. But yeah, I mean, it, it could be, is it going to be the death of the linesman? I mean, <laughs> it might technology might take over and, and they won't need it. You know, this time, you know, not just tennis, but obviously a lot of jobs may be under the under scrutiny because of, you know, because people working from home, maybe we don't need as many people as we do for, for certain operations. And yeah. tennis might be that, you know, the lines people might, we might only need one or two, you know, or the, or the chair umpire might just be able to press buttons and have the, have Hawkeye doing its thing. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. One thing I'm not sure how they're going to ever replace is ball boys or ball oh, girls. robots, mate. Yeah. Just have I mean, them. the players aren't going to pick up their own. Oh, <laughs> You're not yeah, going to see robots, them yeah. go, they just come along like a little hoover above the net and it will just pick them up <laughs> and then just speed round and then just ping them. It'll probably fire them to the players like one of those tennis things in training. <laughs> fire yeah, it over and to them. And they're going to try and catch them. That could work. That could work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've just done some more people out of a job now. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we've just given them an idea. We shouldn't have. <laughs> exactly. But, no, yeah. I, I think we'll leave it on that note. Today. We've got like four minutes left of this call. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on, Cam. It's been yeah, a pleasure no worries, listening guys. to you. Thanks for yeah. having us. Yeah, definitely. And hopefully we'll uh, yeah, get to speak to you over the course of these Grand Slams and stuff and get your thoughts on a few of the uh, matches that are going on. And if anybody yeah. watching, uh, they want to watch along with Cam Williams, uh, do you want to tell people what your channel is and everything? Yeah, so the channel is Tennis Talk with Cam Williams. Uh, and it's you, you'll probably see a bunch of the thumbnails uh, when you write that in and uh, yeah, it's just basically live commentary. We're not allowed to show the matches of course, but uh, yeah, live commentary. We're going to be doing a lot of the exhibition matches over the next couple of months. And then fingers crossed the U S open comes back and comes on and, and we'll be watching pretty much through Cincinnati all the way through to uh, the end of the French and then beyond, hopefully if we go to in the Asian swing. So yeah, come over, come have a chat with us. Cause we, uh, I love talking to all the people in the chat. Fantastic. Oh, we brilliant. definitely will. All right, then. All right. Uh, stay safe, guys. Have a good one. You too, too mate. See you, Mum. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.